two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Salt Lake City, Utah, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the deliciously sweet sensation of truth and the bitterly rancid gustation of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In Studio Audience. Oh, wow. Hey, hang hang on. Uh, st- uh, we got to take stop for a second, Deborah. I've got something in my shoe. Oh, uh, oh, sure, sure. We'll pause oh. for a moment to let you yeah. shake out whatever is in your shoe. Yeah, let me just take my shoe off here. Ah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> mm. Ooh. No wonder you were uncomfortable. Look at all that junk. Junk? Uh, no, those are just robot orthotics to support my feet. Let me see what's going on here. What's the culprit here? Uh, ah! Aha! I found it. What is it? It's a listener question. I put it in my shoe so I wouldn't forget to play it. Okay, I'm not sure how that works, but I'm glad you found it. Would you like to play the question now? Yeah, sure. And then I have to put my orthotics back in my shoe. Sure, sure, sure. That makes sense. Lisa, I want to know, what is your favorite person to come on to the show? Oh, that's not going to be easy, right? I mean, that's like asking someone to pick their favorite... Paperclip. Oh, I was going to say children, because each one is special in their own way. Yeah, or like paperclips. Each human looks and sounds and acts exactly the same as the next human... Just like every paperclip is just like the next paperclip. You can't really have a favorite. I guess that's true, Lisa. But every human is unique. We all have different personalities and talents and mannerisms. And... Yeah, all the same to me. No favorites. Whatevs. <laughs> okay, then. But that also means that you appreciate humans on the show equally, too, right? Yeah, sure. They're all fine and equal in their fineness. Which is high praise coming from a robot. I guess that's good. No favorites. Great. I'll take it. And now I'd like to take us to the next part of the show when you remind everyone how our game works. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups, all the same to me. One is an expert, the other is a liar, and it's the job of a human child. I can't tell the difference between them to help us figure out who is who. Because no one can spot a liar better than a kid at like 60% of the time. What are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about taste, one of the senses that allows us to identify flavors. And we're going to learn all about taste along with our contestant today, who might that be, Lisa? Our human child contestant is a 10-year-old who has a collection of shark teeth and must be very dangerous at the dentist, Hazel <laughs> Russell. Hi, Hazel. How are you? Good. Excellent. Tell us, you have a collection of shark teeth? How did you start this collection? 
So my sister went to a retreat with her youth group and she brought me back a great white shark tooth. Then my mom went to the beach and she brought back more shark teeth. And then my friend went to the beach and she brought back more shark teeth. Oh my gosh. So there seems to be an issue with sharks losing teeth all over the place. There seems to be a dental issue going on. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they're not brushing properly. Yeah. And then you've been collecting all along. So how many do you have? About seven-ish. Whoa. You get two more, you can make a full shark. No, that's not how that works. (laughs) Well, that is fascinating. And I bet there are some more fascinating facts about you, Hazel. But we are going to learn about those facts playing our game Two Truths and a Lie. You, Hazel, will tell us three things about yourself, but two of them will be true. One will be a lie. We have to try to figure out which one is which. So in no particular order, Hazel, what are your two truths and one lie? I like raw fish. I play six sports and I play the drums. Hmm. You know, sharks like raw fish too. I wonder if there's some sort of connection there. What do you think, Lisa? Very interesting, Deborah. I think maybe you're on to something. Oh. Because I think about it this way. You ever been to a sporting event, Deborah? Uh, yes, I have. At some point, there's a marching band that comes on out. Mm. And they go, ba 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 da da ba da da And part of that marching band, there are drums. There's a player who plays, goes, ba 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 Now, if she's playing six sports, she probably doesn't have time to play the drums. Oh. But... If she is playing the drums, she doesn't have time for six sports, and raw fish are gross, so that's the lie. (laughs) Okay. I feel like you just phoned that one in. Always. (laughs) Okay, Hazel. Which one of those is your lie? I do not play the drums. I told you! No, that is not what you told me. You told me that raw fish was the lie. But no, that means she likes raw fish. Are you talking about sushi? Yes, pretty much. I like tuna for the most part, but I also will put shrimp on it as well. Sure, yum, delish. Wait, shrimp's not a fish. What's going on here? Okay, it's an aquatic animal. Penalty on the plate. No, she said she likes the tuna also. That is a fish that counts. She likes it. And you play six sports. Yes. Would you be able to name all six sports that you play, hopefully? I do cross country, soccer, basketball, track, volleyball, and lacrosse. (laughs) Wow. Do you have a favorite one of those sports? Probably track and cross country, but I also like lacrosse and basketball. So they're like kind of all my favorite. You like all of them. That's fair. So I would imagine that some of these sports are seasonal. Are you currently involved in playing one of those sports now? Uh, Yes. Basketball is the winter slash fall season. Very good. Well, you fooled Lisa. I have a feeling that that means you will be difficult to fool. Let's find out. We are going to find out when we learn about taste. Is that something you know much about? No, not much. Okay, me neither. No, she just said she eats raw fish. Which tastes delicious. Well, our experts will tell us a thing or two, I imagine. So, Lisa, would you kindly play some welcome music for our taste experts? Sure, but it's going to be in bad taste. Mm, No, see. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) Come on in. Be super sweet, don't be sour, don't eat my feet. We can be friends, or we could be pals, but I'd like to be buds. Taste buds, that is. 
<laughs> I did good. All right. Thank you so much. Our first expert is Catherine Medler. Catherine, please introduce yourself to Hazel. Hi, Hazel. My name is Catherine Medler, and I'm a professor and research scientist who studies the taste system. Thank you very much. Let's meet our second expert, Dean McDowell. Dean, please introduce yourself to Hazel. Hi, Hazel. My name is Dean McDowell. I'm co-director of educational outreach at the Institute of Food Technologists. Oh, thank you very much. Tell us about that tasty tune, Lisa. My tasty tune tells us that it is hot seat time. Yes, that is correct. It is hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Hazel's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Dean McDowell, because my last name also begins with Mick. Really? What is your last name? McLisa. Is it now? Yep. (laughs) Okay. That's my name. I feel like if we roll the tape back, we're going to hear a lot of different last names. And today it happens to be McLisa. Lisa McLisa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I changed my name a lot so they can't catch up with me. Oh, I see. My enemies. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. I'm on the run. Are you? Yeah, I'm undercover. Really? Is there something that I should be aware of that you've done that's problematic? I guessed wrong on a two truths and a lie once. (laughs) Well, that's okay. That happens. But that's not anything that anyone would take issue with. I think that's just bad luck. I don't think anybody is chasing you. Okay, well, Dean can go first anyway. Okay, very good. All right, Hazel, what is your first question for Dean? What is happening when you taste something? Oh, taste is actually pretty complicated. It begins when you see or touch something, your brain gets triggered, and it says, hey, food is coming, so that puts you in a good mood. And then once that food or beverage hits your tongue, your neurocontext fuels it, and your taste buds are activated by these little sensitive hairs on your tongue called micromilia. And they send messages to your brain about how something tastes. And at the same time, your nose sends messages to your brain as well through the chemicals released by the food. And when you have a cold or allergies, your nose gets so stuffed up that your food doesn't taste as good. And that's because those micromilia are dulled and not as effective. And your brain is really focused on fighting the cold rather than enjoying the food. Okay. This is for both Dean and Catherine. What do you do in a regular day of your jobs? Oh, in a normal day, um, depends on when it is. Sometimes I, I have a class that I teach, and so I have to go and lecture to my students. But if it's not a day that I'm lecturing to my students, then we do experiments with mice, and we look at the cells in their tongue, and we see how those cells respond to different chemicals. Whoa. Well, my days are pretty exciting because I get to wear multiple hats. I work with our scientists and researchers to plan, develop, and coordinate all the outreach and recruitment programs at the IFT. I also review all the outreach-related promotional material that we send out, so it's it's a lot of emails. Once a month, I host a podcast called IFT and Me, and we talk to other food technologists and experts from all around the world about food science, nutrition, safety, and sustainability. I get to give presentations to our community members, our student groups, and we're actually in the midst of planning for our biggest event, which is the National Taste Week. It's every first week in February. And I'm also president of the North American Tasters Society. Fascinating. Congratulations. Back to you, Hazel. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Catherine, why is it sometimes uncomfortable to taste really spicy things? Mm. Um, That is because you're not actually tasting them. The spices in your food are actually um, activating the neurons in your tongue that detect pain. So you're actually generating a pain response 
And so it's not activating your taste system at all. There's certain uh, chemicals that can activate those receptors in your mouth. Mm. Dean, how is your taste connected to your smell slash nose? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, the sensation comes from certain chemicals in the food and they're called tastants. And when you're chewing, the food releases those chemicals and they immediately travel up to your nose. And those chemicals trigger the olfactory receptors in the nose and they work together with your taste buds and that creates the flavor. And it tells your brain, hey, this is a a great piece of pizza I'm eating. I like pizza. (laughs) Catherine, why is it so common for people to like and dislike the same flavors? Ooh, so um, what do you mean? Like, why do you like something and then maybe your sister or your dad doesn't like it? Is that what you're asking? Like kids might not like spinach, but a few kids do like it. Not many kids like it though, right? (laughs) And so I guess if we're talking about kids, that's because, um, so the taste receptor cells that are in your tongue that are detecting the chemicals in your food, they can get damaged really easily. And so we're continually making new taste cells, but as we get older, the that whole process goes down. So you can taste better than your dad and your dad can taste better than your grandmother. And so little kids oftentimes don't like um, things that have a bitter taste to them because it tastes a lot stronger to them than it does to people, older people. Interesting. Mm. All right. Those were excellent, excellent questions, Hazel. I hope you learned a lot. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling, and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Big Fib! It's 
time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Hazel will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, you'll have to answer quickly whatever's on the tip of your tongue. All right, Hazel, let's start with Catherine. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions now. Name three of the five basic tastes. Sweet, sour, bitter. Which taste helps us identify flavors that are meaty or savory? Umami. How many taste receptor cells are in a taste bud? 50 to 150. Name an animal that only tastes bitter. A mud puppy. Upset dog. (laughs) Name a chemical that can block sweet taste for a short period of time. Gymnonic acid. What fluid helps us taste by dissolving food in our mouths? Saliva. Fact or fib? Every person is born with the ability to taste. Fact. What is the name of the soft, gummy candy that is coated with sour sugar? Oh, those are sour gummy bears. Which animals do not taste umami? Herbivores like cows. What is it called when we stop eating something we like because it makes us sick? Conditioned taste aversion. Terrible. And that is time. That's all the time. Very good. All right, Lisa, please do us a favor of resetting the timer. No problem there, Governor. (laughs) I did it. Thank you very much. Okay, Hazel, you can ask Dean your shorts on fire questions now. How does our body try to wash away pain when spices activate pain receptors? Our eyes water, our nose runs, mouth salivates, our palms get sweaty. How often does our body replace taste cells? Every two weeks. Every third Wednesday. No. Why do we need sweet foods? For energy. What is the name of the newly found taste that means yummy in Japanese? Takumi. What do you call a person who has more than 10,000 taste buds? Pass. Showy. (laughs) Which type of sour detects the sour in buttermilk or yogurt? Acetic sour. Cats are not able to taste which flavor? Sweet. Which of our other senses is used to identify flavors? Smell and touch. What is the bitter compound that about one-third of people cannot taste even though it is very bitter to other people? That's MCA, methrocarbonate acidex. And that is time. As all the time. That's it. Sorry. You did a really good job, Hazel. Very well read. Okay. I should say, well done, experts also. Hey, I interrupted too. You did. Well done interrupting. That was some expert interrupting. Yeah. It's decision time. Hazel must refer to all the information and sensory input today in order to tell fact from fib. Hazel, who is our big taste fibber? I think our big taste fibber is Catherine. (gasps) Why do you think Catherine is our fibber? She was stuttering a little bit, and then I noticed on some of her questions that she was answering, she looped back to what she had already said. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Okay, let's see if your logic holds true. Let's see if you are correct. Will the actual taste expert please say, I am the taste expert. 
I am the taste expert. Oh, what? How could that be? But it is true. Dr. Catherine Medler is a research scientist who studies how taste cells detect chemicals in food and sends that information to the brain. All right, let's do some fact checking. Catherine, what did Dean say that made you lose your appetite? <laughs> well, so when he was explaining about how our food tastes funny when we're sick, and he said that the microvilli in your taste cells don't work because your body's trying to work on getting well, and it's actually not the case. It's when the mucus is blocking the nasal cavity, and so mm. as you chew the chemicals, they can't go back and activate your olfactory receptors. Um, so those are actually not tastins that are going to be activating the olfactory receptors. Those are going to be odors. Oh. There's still chemicals in the food, but they're not tastins. I don't believe, I think he said tokumi, and it's kokumi is the new taste of Japanese for yummy. So what would you say that taste is? is it, it's not sweet, right? Um, yeah, it's very difficult for people to describe it. It's actually an enhancement of some of the other tastes. Mm. So it's still debated about how it works. Okay. People that have a lot of taste buds are called super tasters. Oh, wow. Touch is not involved in flavor. It's going to only just be mm. taste and smell. Mm -hmm. And prop is the name of the chemical that a third of the population can't detect. Wow, you were really paying close attention, weren't you, Catherine? I don't know if there's anything left for Dean to say. Let me ask you, Dean, <laughs> what did you share that was really in poor taste? Well, um, yep, the bitter compound I made up, MCA, which is the name of a rapper from my favorite group, Beastie Boys, so I used that. <laughs> that sour is not acetic, it's lactic sour. Oh, that's the type of sour that detects sour in buttermilk or yogurt, right. And the name of the soft gummy candy that is coated with sour sugar is Sour Patch Kids. Oh, sour. Oh, again, yeah. I can see them. I just couldn't <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we have come to the end, and parting is such sweet sorrow. Thanks to our contestant, Super Taster Hazel. And thank you to our expert and liar, Catherine and Dean. And thanks to Lisa, whose sounds will always savor. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into the Big Fib, where we relish the truth and we don't let fibbers get the bitter of us. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. Hey, while you're there, you can find out how you, yeah, you, no, 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 behind you, yep, yep, her, yep, exactly, <laughs> how she can become a contestant on The Big Fib. Or send questions for me to answer on the show. And follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. And now, please send me licorice, because some people think it's gross, but I love it. I love the taste. I am right. Give me licorice. I'll take the licorice you don't want. Yep, you. No, not you. Yep, her. Yep, that's right. Send me licorice. Thanks, bye. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.